And after some te technical difficulties and me sitting here like an idiot for a few minutes trying to keep you guys entertained, Jason is back. So we're going to recap straight back into the episode. The last thing we were talking about was the importance of just not oh, oh, I just I guess the importance of equipment and how it just doesn't mm. actually matter. So let's recap, mate. You mentioned you got a free friend, no judgment. They spent hundreds of thousand dollars, yet you were training yes. people in the shed without flooring. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no judgment. I just think like at the end of the day, you know, it's like environment is everything. I, I use the word environment a lot when I'm talking with gym owners or anything is the number one thing that they can focus on is in the environment. If you have the right environment, um, people will keep coming back, right? So you don't need the fanciest equipment. You don't need the fanciest or even the most, like the most skilled trainers, right? And and all that. You just need to uh, create an environment that that makes people want to come to the gym. Um, and if you nail yeah. that, yeah, man, you could go the concrete floor. Absolutely. It's really, really hard for gym owners to understand that like being a good person, being relatable, caring about their family, what their kids' names are, are more important than the hip hinge. And I'm not saying the hip hinge isn't important, but it just, we get so no. lost in like, we all love fitness so much. We love our modality of fitness that we actually forget that we're dealing with with human beings and it is true yeah. that like the the best sales and marketers have more clients than the best fitness professional so to speak oh always like customers you're in the customer service industry like plain and simple yeah and, and if you are a legendary coach coach and you understand the hip hinge better than any other coach in australia then it's your duty to learn sales and marketing so you can have the clients and not let people hurt them <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, that that's exactly right. You have a, a responsibility like and even like I think, you know, I've said that before about um, people in the fitness industry, like, you know, we have a responsibility to people like to uh, their health to help with the obesity rate, things like that. Like that's our job. And so like, it, we should be caring about people rather than just like trying to have this cutthroat ability of, you know, unless people are going to pay me stuff it. And I'm, I'm just, I'm not going to do any work. And it's kind of like, I've always said like trainers, I was like, you kind of have a responsibility to that person's health. You can't help everyone. It's not what I'm saying. But if you don't put in the right effort to learn the sales and marketing, then you're probably not having as great an impact as your responsibility should be. Yeah. And the impact that you want to have, and it's sad, but yeah. the best trainers end up leaving the industry. Yeah, of course they do. Always, right? Because of just the 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 skill sets behind the business, the marketing, the financials. Like I know great trainers that have that have left and because they just struggle to run a business, right? And often, like we said, it's not the most technical trainers that have the greatest businesses. Like you walk into any big box gym and you normally find like the most customer service focused person, outgoing, talking to everyone, the people that everyone knows. They've probably got the biggest business chances are they may not necessarily be the most technical trainer in there. So it's one thing to know the te technical skills, but it's another to have the whole package. Yeah. And I would put personally, I'd put my before and afters up against any other gym owner in Australia. And I'm not the yeah. best way to coach, but we've had so sure. many, but we had so many members. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Just volume, volume of people like that you've been able to help. And, you know, and again, it's like one thing, it's like, there are some great technical trainers that might have, a handful of clients that they've worked with, you know, super dedicated, they've got great results, but it's like, I, I want to see the person who is able to take, you know, everyday Joe, who really probably even hated the idea of going to the gym in the first place, didn't want to train, right? That completely changed their lifestyle, their routine, everything about what they do, and then has a transformation. And that trainer who has been able to do that 
over and over and over and over again. You know, it's, it, again, it's one thing to take people that are fairly already naturally gifted in a sense, right? Like arguing about the coach who, who, who has the best players on a team, right? It's kind of like bringing the best out of everyone. Nothing I hate more, mate, than I'm, I only want to work with motivated clients. Don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> Who's motivated when they start, man? Like that's what my first question was always like, man, people come to the gym and we see it all the time and they know they need to be here, but in the truth, they don't want to be here when they first start. Like most aren't motivated. The everyday person isn't super motivated when they first start at the gym. They're the people I want though. They were always the people that I wanted. Mm. Worked for me. So, mate, you, you successful career as a fitness director, you opened your own gym, but in the middle there, you did a bit of work with more gym members, and particularly you were yep. the, the sales coach for the actual gym owners. So, obviously, I helped gym, I helped Correct. gym owners with sales, but I want to dive deep into actually sales in regards to, like, how did you coach gym owners? How did you improve their sales? Mm. And what was your process? Because I, I want to learn here. Sure. Yeah. So, I think I was really careful, I guess, with gym owners. Um Again, one of the things is tough is gym owners uh, often think that they're very good at sales when they first start, and their and their confidence oozes through probably because of the nature of their of our industry. But also, oh, like I, I sell one hundred percent of referrals. Yeah, walk ins, referrals, man. And I'm like, okay, you're now going to be dealing with cold targeted traffic. You know, that's what Facebook ads are. It's called targeted marketing. So often a lot of them have a serious realization. So um, I would try not to put them down too hard because they like to start with, um, I could, I could just come in and just start saying, well, I'm the sales guru, right? And just start smacking. But I, I sort of thought I'll let them learn as they go along. Um, honestly, when I first start, it's just about basics. First thing is tracking data, like straight away. And I know you love that. We talk about that straight away. I'm like, man, I don't make any decisions based off how you feel or what this person might be thinking. I'm like, let's get data first. The first 30 days when they're launching ads for the first time, I'm like, we're just going to get through the month. I actually say, just keep doing what you're doing. I just kind of need to see where they're at as a baseline, you know, because maybe their sales skills isn't as bad as they, as it is, or they think they are. It's just that they never call leads. They never contact leads, right? Or their show rates suck because they're booking people two months in advance. So sometimes there's just some, a lot of little basic technical elements or structural elements that we can change. Once we get those down and the numbers are starting to look good, then obviously we start to dive into a little bit more structure from a, like a sales scripting point of view. You know, everyone then also wants to be like, I just need to get better at handling objections. And we all know it's an upstream issue. And so then we just try to chip away at making them a little bit better in those aspects. And it's not about making those gym owners world-class closers like what we've done. It's just about, hey man, if they can, they can service the people that are coming through their gym Right, even with ad spend, even if they're closing probably forty to fifty percent, they could probably still see a decent return on investment, right? So and then obviously clarify, they can go up from there. So just to clarify, before you even touch on the sales call, the script, you're making sure yep. that like their their cost per lead is good, their cost per booking, their yep. cost per show. We got people the to the data. phone call first, and then yeah, we just got to get people on the phone first, man, because yep. so many people will be like. Hey, we got like 30, 40 leads through coming through. We're getting slammed with leads. No one's booking. I'm like, well, how many times you call them? Once. I'm like, well, yeah. So I try to implement the most simplest things that can move the needle the most because getting better at sales in terms of like actually selling technical wise, that's that's gonna take a bit of time. Like I appreciate that. 
right? I would say most people, you know, within three months, I, I we can really help them progress. But honestly, there's probably like half the time I work with gym owners, there's a 20 to 30% improvement just sitting with the fact it's like, well, can you call this person like two or three times per day? All of a sudden they're like, wow, we're now we've got 40 bookings per week. Yep. Awesome. Changing maybe what they say in their confirmation message, like just send a confirmation message, right? Like little, it's just, little, it's just simple little things. things. Like sometimes they send the confirmation, the confirmation message with the price in it. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, we 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 just you know like, and, and yeah. I know we'll get into it with the Fit Tribe business, man. I have done very little sales coaching with these guys in the last two months, and they 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 they're exploding, right? Like it's it, and we've done very little sales coaching. What we've done is admin backend stuff, fixing all that up, fixing the activity of the individuals, like the VAs, the sales closers, right? Getting in and, and, and really working on things that they can start right now. And then we'll work on sales technical abilities. So that's my role with gym owners when I first started, just the simple stuff. Yeah. I feel as though that you, I say it all the time, mate. I feel like gym owners, like if they really ask themselves, like, what do I need to do? The majority of them know, hey, I should contact my leads more. And it, like sometimes gym owners, they are their worst client. I can't lose weight. Are you tracking your calories? No. Well, can you please start there? <laughs> and it is the exact same principle. I, I, do, I do feel as a, a good coach is just to point out like, hey, do the basics really, really, really well. Because it's just like we have gym owners that come to us and they're like, I'm amazing at sales. They've got no leads or I'm amazing at sales, mm. but they've got leads. They just, it's almost like there's, 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 it's just a shiny object. And one yep. thing I see gym owners do, mate, is like the rise of organic marketing. It is drop a fire emoji below for this resource on ChatGPT. The gym owner goes yep. home and starts doing ChatGPT, drop a fire emoji yep. below to get to get leads through Instagram stories. Then they're going through Instagram mm -hmm. stories. Just like, just work out the basics. Those basics, man. Like, and I think good con coaching and consulting, I try to like consider myself like more of a, a the consulting approach now because I feel like with consulting, you have to have that ability to assess each person in a separate situation, right? Because like you said, some may be actually contacting leads like absolute fire, right? But what they're saying on the phone is they're just trying to sell the product straight off the bat. I've come across that where they're like, man, Jace, I'm calling everyone, right? And I'm like, okay, cool. Send me those triage calls. Instantly, I'm like, Ugh, right, that's an issue. Man, you're getting on the phone with like hundreds of people. We'll just fix that and you'll probably instantly get more sales. There was nothing to do with like, let's say scripting in terms of like actual strategy. There's no objection handling. It was just changing what they did on a triage call. So you get the basics right. That's probably 56% of your problem. Then we can go hard on sales and, and you've got to treat each person or each situation slightly different. It's like a sales call. There's still structure. There's a spine, but the really good guys know, okay, hang on. I need to chase this a little bit because a little bit of hanging fruit there. I'm going to go after that, right? But ultimately every sales call that they do, if you listen to it, they tick off all the same major points. It's interesting you say that, mate, because like the word consulting is an interesting one and we choose chose that for our mm. business in particular because it's the rise of $100 million offers. And if my, yeah. offer, was, <laughs> my, my, my offer is done for you everything, but Fit Tribe yeah. didn't need done for you everything. So like in yep. terms of what me and Mitch mm. do is we look at each business individually and like, well, hey, like maybe I'm not going to do this for you, but I can fix your no-show issue. Yeah. And, and I just, think that's consulting. And I think, I think um, for me, like whilst I've got a few things, I think obviously with sales, but I think this plays into sales. One of my strengths has been like what I've always said is like analysis. And I think sales, when I'm, when I'm on the phone with someone, 
I'm essentially trying to analyze their situation where they're at. That's that's the way I, that's my kind of philosophy on sales. So it fits really well, but same with businesses. I start talking to people and you just ask the right questions. You start to analyze and and I realize very quickly, I think that's probably my number one skill set is actually being able to just assess where people are at and be like, okay, well that's missing. This is missing. Okay. That's stuff we don't even worry about right now. And that that's always um, what you do in businesses and fit drive exactly the same. We've come in and very quickly, I was able to look through things and think, okay, this is what we got to do, right? So we, I said, hey, reach out to JD. Let's get the marketing going straight away. So we did that. I was like, right, we're going to hire a VA. That's going to push our bookings next level. All right, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And again, it was all it was all consulting structural stuff, right? Back-end stuff. It was really nothing. Like I said, we've had very little sales coaching with these guys. Um, and uh, mate, like they're just going to have their biggest month to date, like ever. Like it's insane. They already have. Yeah. So, so let, let's go deep into sales, mate. So in terms of sales sure. coaching itself, when you were coaching gym owners and something that I've found to be the biggest thing is it is just about shattering a few beliefs. Yep. First belief is people will pay up front. Second belief is you can sell people over the phone. And third belief is like, just because you wouldn't buy it doesn't mean they wouldn't. <laughs> and if we can get past those initial beliefs, I do feel as though that most gym owners can be really successful salespeople because at the end of the day, mm. we care about the prospect. It is just simple things like, like they don't give card details over the phone. I disagree. <laughs> I'd never have that. Well, I shouldn't say never, right? It's like 1%. Yeah, no, and it's probably yeah. the person who legitly probably has had their bloody credit card scammed so many times. And that's like, whatever. But, um, Mate, we, yeah, well, do you want me to get start with all three of those things? Where do you want to go with that? What do you want? We'll, we'll start with just like, well, I guess one, one, one good thing would be I am, I am, if I have, I'll die on a few, a few hills in terms of my beliefs. Maybe I'm wrong, but this is sure. my belief. If you're not selling over the phone in 2023, you are leaving so much money on the table. And from what I I've seen, from what I've seen is if you close over the phone and close in person, the percentages are really similar, but the amount of extra bookings you get from over the phone, even yeah. if your close rate drops a little bit, you still have more conversions. And nothing yep. used to piss me off more than when I was selling in person. I'd drive to my gym at 12.15 on a Friday and someone would show up. But if I'm yep. sitting at home in my office and someone no shows a phone call, no skin off my back. Annoying, but like, and I, and I just like, I cannot sell over the phone. I have to sell in person. That is the first belief that I try and shadow with some of our clients. Agreed. Yeah, we do everything over the phone now, like Zoom or phone, right? Like both the same for context. Um, you know, there are different circumstances. I might do different things, but to be fair, we'll close on the phone or close over Zoom. I just think as well, the most simplest thing that I used to say with this was that it's much easier like to have back-to-back -back set appointments and not get lost. I just feel like when people come into the gym too, right? They're like, they're looking there. Even you as a prospect, I just, oh, sorry, as a seller, I feel like it's much easier when you know you're on the phone, you've got half an hour and you've got Sally coming up next. And you sort of like can keep people on track. You can move through it. You can double down. If someone doesn't show up, I could move someone forward or I could jump in and cold call. Whereas when then people are at their gym location, someone doesn't show, they go and twiddle their thumbs, right? They just kind of sit around and do that. So they're not as productive with the time. Um, and what you said about if you're not selling over the phone, you're losing money, 100%. Like, I could do this, as you know, we do it from all over the world. Like, I'm selling people all over the world here in my Brisbane office. Like, so I can go travel too. So, you know, I 100% phone, um, even if people are a little bit afraid of getting on the phone, 
when COVID hit, like we said, you know, the same thing. We had to we had to teach all of our gym owners and more gym members to start selling over the phone. They had no choice. And what's funny is what happened? They had to do it and they started doing it. And then most of them never turned back. They're like, why was I not doing this from the word go? Yeah, I just like the idea that like, so for this is amazing. So I haven't been into Breakthrough Active Adam Center, Breakthrough Active Cardiff since January 2022. I don't know where the key is for the gym. Yeah. Yeah. How <laughs> oh, good. Because I've, I've just sold over the phone and, and that, that I don't mean yeah. to sound arrogant when I say that, but just no. it, it, it just it, selling over the phone. We started doing over the phone in 2019 and it changed our lives, changed our yeah. lives. And the majority of gymnasiums I know that want to have a hybrid component, if you can't sell an in-person service over the phone where that brick and mortar is there and that trust is there, good luck selling an online service. So, And most people, I even think too, like the online service, I think I've said it so many times to some gymnasiums saying, it doesn't need to be massive. It might just be covering like your rent's 40 grand. We'll just make make that in an online service. Like that's a huge thing you don't have to worry about. And people go, oh, okay. Like just look at it as little things. And so that stuff, you're going to have to sell on the phone. So you could be, again, brick and mortar has capacity issues. Well, what are you going to do? You better learn to start to sell online because otherwise, you know, yeah, sure enough, you can go and open up another facility, but it's just easier to add on the online service, which, you know, is what you guys do as well. And Yeah. So, so we, our goal, yeah, our goal in our gyms, and this is outrageous, is we want to get three online clients per week. Yeah, I like so, that. So for us to do that, we need to get 10 bookings. We have a 30% book. We're yep. getting really deep for the numbers here. We have about a 30% hey. booking to ratio online. We charge yep. $87 a week for 26 weeks, uh, about yep. 20% drop off before 26 weeks. So we get about 20 of weeks of payments out of people. So if we have yep. three clients per week, we get 20 weeks out of payments. Our online service caps at 60 members, right? And we're yeah. happy with the size business. 60 times yeah. 87 makes more money than our fucking gyms do. Yeah. And 60 is nothing. Like when you really think about it, you know, the longer you spend in sales and businesses, you realize how small the bigger numbers actually are. Like 60 is like whatever. A lot of people right now, like, um, you know, I think the biggest thing, I talk about this quite openly sometimes is like everyone's pushing the 10K per month online business, right? Make 10K. Like there's all these coaches out there that are like, hey, make 10K in business. And you, you know, you know, us, we look at that saying like, that's one sale for some of us or, or a day sale is once you start to learn that 60 members isn't a lot. And it could be, like you said, it could be making more money profitable wise because it's just the scale, right? Um, people are like, why am I not doing that? <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's not as hard or as scary or as daunting as I think a lot of trainers, gym owners do think. And it's something that I think is only going to get more and more, right? Like the online space is still huge. There's still room for growth, but people, it's going to be, people want that more than they're necessarily going to want the gyms. So I'm not saying gyms are going to die. Gyms will always be around. Right. But again, um, yeah, that, that online business, learn to sell it. You're just missing out on so much money. Yeah, and the thing about gym, I, I, I love my gyms. I'll have my two gyms the rest of my life. But you can use yeah. the gyms to make a great income, to make a great wage, to, to live a great lifestyle business. Yeah. You can use that gym to to learn the skills, to market, to sell, and then you just go one level opportunity up. And I think for me and Mitch, when we when we our gyms are capacity, they've been capacity for years now. And the reason why we first ventured online and FBC is like. We couldn't keep selling into our gym, like we we like we yeah. were we were selling fifty people a month on a front end offer, 
and we were making yep. more money on the front end some months in the back end. Yeah, you're right. And the idea would be is that, well, like, if I can't keep selling front-end people or the local audience is too small, where can we sell? And I yeah. thought, the world. <laughs> that's that's where we can sell. You're eventually going to run out of people in your local area to sell to. Like, it's just the truth. Like, you're just going to be like, well, we've sold them. Everyone here has done our front offer at some point. Where do, where do we go from here? So it makes so much sense. It just opens up. And and again, like, it's not about making the money. It's the what the money can do. Like we said, the flexibility, the freedom. Uh, gym owners have got kids. You know, those type of things. Travel, do all of that. Like, so you got to do it. I don't see any problem with it. Yeah, and, and money allows you to sleep at night when the country gets closed down. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, because that could happen again in our lifetime. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. So, mate, in terms, let's move on to your high ticket selling. So, you've been selling online sure. high ticket fitness programs, and mm. I've done that too. So, we, we've walked a similar path on our journey. Like, what is the what is the highest ticket thing you've sold over the phone for a fitness product? Yeah. So, the fitness product, fifteen k, is the highest ones that we sell. Um, Can you repeat that, mate? Which is basically. Can you repeat that? 15K, $15,000. $15, yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, normally, like, that's kind of like the high-end one. It's like for people that are looking to compete in the WBFF stage show. The average one is like nine to 10. Like, we just did a, I did a 10K yesterday or whatever it was. And that was up front. So it's 10,000. Well, the exchange rate it worked out to be an 11K sale. It's 11K in one 45-minute call. Um, so like making the money in the high ticket sales, like that's why I sort of, I giggle a bit when you see people, you know, being like make 10 K per month. And it's kind of like, to me, and it's not an insult at all. It's just like, don't sell yourself short. We're doing that in one sale. Like, like there is so much room and capacity for people in fitness to sell maybe not 10, 15 K products. I get it. But at fit tribe, we're selling, you know, it's two, nine, eight, seven up front. The guys are slapping those nice and easy. Like we're teaching them how to sell that, how to sell them up front. And again, and I think Jake mentioned this on the show the other day, he was one of those guys that said, oh, we never thought about taking money up front. We never thought about doing 12 months. We never thought about all these things because to be honest, the reason they didn't do it is because it was in their head that that's a lot of money and a time commitment. And we changed that philosophy and now they're just smashing it. So yeah, the highest ticket we sell is typically 10 to 15K, um, which is the fitness offer that I sell. Um, and then we sell, I sell also um, like another industry that i sell in those offers are running for, for from eight to 11k right and again it's all paid in full like they're all up fronts like so can be done when you say when you say the price out loud over the phone when you first <laughs> said that number how is that experience yeah. for you yeah the first sale that i did at that price um definitely when i said it i was like holy crap you know um this is a lot of money and you know I think one of the first ones, it was just paid in full and it blew my mind, right? Like I was actually like, oh yeah, okay, cool. And I sort of had to catch myself for a little bit, like, cause over the years, you know, you go from selling a, a $79 front end offer and you sell something for a hundred and then a thousand, 2000, 3000, whatever, and it goes up. But I mean, it was a big jump from selling, you know, three and a half thousand or something up to that 10 and 15 K mark. Uh, now it's nothing because you just realize, like, again, like this lady the other day, she's like, oh, I could just pay that all up front. Like, cause you don't. <laughs> You, people have the money and I don't know what her bank account looks like. And so when it comes to money now, I have just no emotion around that um, because I just don't have the right to judge what someone else might think of that money. Someone else will be sitting here watching this podcast saying like, fuck $10,000. I could pay that up front. Yeah. But this lady did, it was no skin off her back and she valued it and whatever. So it was, it's hard when you first do it. There's a lot of like anxiety around it. I totally get it. 
Um, but over time, you start to learn that it's just money and some people, it's whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. just Now so, you just do it all the time. Like it's just, yeah. you don't even think about I, it. I, I try my absolute best to never look at goal forms when I was selling high ticket. I, would, I wouldn't, I deliberately. Neither do I. I would deliberately not look at them because like some people you Correct. think are home runs that aren't some of the people that can't afford anything. Maybe they don't work, but maybe they've got inheritance. Right. So it's it really your head, is, eh? Yeah. So yep. don't look at the goal form. Don't look at the goal form. No, nah. nah, guys don't. I even my, my opening line sometimes is like when I'm talking to him, like, no, no, I know I had a quick read through your form, you know, but I guess just <laughs> I go off. Cause I'm like, I don't look at it because I don't want it to get in my head. I, I, I don't want any information that could possibly. And I mean, if look, if you're having a bit of a bad day, like say you've had no sales all day, it happens. We have got, I go through that. And I, then I read this form and I just then get this idea of that person's going to be another dodgy sale. I could butcher that sale opportunity. So it's good for them to fill it in. Uh, when we do triage process and stuff like that, that's cool. But um, yeah, that's a really good tip. Actually, it brought that up because I don't look at them at all. I'm like, nope. That's a clean yeah. slate and when I talk to someone. It's just really like you keep casting judgment on other people. And we, I'd sell people over the phone for 3,000 that wanted to lose five kilos. And you think yes. that's, that's not a big weight loss goal for such a large number in my own mind. But like those, those five kilos could be the difference between her feeling confident at her son's wedding or not. And if the wedding's costing uh, 150, absolutely. if the wedding costs 150, what's an extra three? Uh, exactly yeah it's amazing what the mind the mind's very powerful and so i try not to take any preconceived ideas notions into my head when i get on a call i basically am just treating everyone like it's a clean slate i don't know anything about you and i just get curious how I, well, what's the issue why are they talking to me today so you're working with sales sniper now um for those yes. who don't know sales sniper is one of the biggest would you call it sales agencies in the world or like like Run me through Sales Sniper, how it works, how you ended up there? Because sure. I love copies for closers. So, Matt, if you watch yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, sales Sniper, look, we, we, the idea now is it's kind of like done for you as well. We want to do the marketing and sales because we have, if we have, if we have control over the marketing, um, we can really control the sales outcome. Right, that that's kind of key. Um, so we run the marketing, we have control over the marketing budget, and then obviously our job is to help close deals for these companies. So we have a number of different accounts um, on there. Uh, as I said, I do uh, SMP Sports Model Project, and I do Cyber. So two different accounts, which is cool. It's interesting. Um, but yeah, that's how that's kind of set up uh, in terms of like how I got involved. So obviously, um, when I was with more gym members, you know, we had um, we had Matt um, come in and do a lot of sales coaching with our guys as extra, which was which was amazing. It was great for me too, obviously being involved in that. Um, and so obviously for there, you're bringing in you know Matt Ryder. If you don't know who Matt Ryder is, you know like. Um, well, he was the number one fitness closer. Let's put it that way. The guy was just absolutely savage with that. He doesn't sell fitness anymore, but I'm sure if he was to come back in, he would just crush everybody. Um, but, you know, I knew those guys. And so I just reached out to Matt. It was quite funnily enough. I actually just said, hey, man, you know, I'm, you know, this was the time I was looking to get out of MGM. I said, I really just want to go deep in fitness sales because that's where I, I know I can crush it. I believe I am one of the best. I just need to prove it. Right. Um, and all of a sudden he was like, yeah, we've actually got a job. Like I'll just tee you up with Anthony. And I knew I'd known Anthony met him a couple of times. Well, um, who's the, basically the account manager. He trains all the sales guys, um, over here at, at sales sniper seventh level as well. Jeremy minor and his company. Um, and we jumped on a call 
did a test and he was like, oh shit, I've got an account for you, which was SMP. Can you start straight away? And I was like, oh yeah, no worries. <laughs> like shit. I didn't know that was, I just didn't know it was going to happen that way. But the guys had seen me sell before they knew I could sell. Um, and so it was just getting into that role. And so here I am now. And then I just recently got the cyber account. Um, just to, as an extra account, the SMP account, uh, closing on that really well. Like, but it's just like the, um, with cyber, there's a lot of leads where I can call a lot of leads so I can do my own booking so I can fill my own calendar. Um, so I'm just doing both and it just keeps me topped up every week. That's Didn't you wonder, because that's you're just, so model project, you're effectively selling female bikini models into get into the WBBF and win a competition and be the next Hattie Boyle. Is that kind of it? That's the top program. That's that 15K. Yeah, the vast majority of their clients, about 90% of them are just, again, probably everyday women, you know, 40 plus that have tried everything, you know, and just really need that female specific training, something customized, need the support, the community, that level of coaching. Um, and so that's our sort of main product that we sell or that I sell, which is really good. And then obviously we only take a handful of women every year for the competing aspect, um, which is good because it means they just get a lot of good one-on-one -on -one attention with Hattie. Um, so that's the SMP product. And then the other product I sell is the cyber product. Is, it's just basically helping people transition to a career in, in cybersecurity. So we help sell the course for that. Cool, cool. And I guess like one of the beliefs, back to beliefs around gym owners and sales is when I was selling for women over the age of 40, I was talking about menopause quite a lot. And the oh, question becomes yeah. <laughs> like, well, how, can, how can you relate to these women? Like, how could you possibly relate to a female bikini model? How could I possibly mm. relate to a woman over the age of 50 going through menopause? And mm. it's just asking questions and being curious. And, and I think you'd be surprised if you ask the right questions with the right tone, with the right structure, spine, whatever you want to call it, they will open up to you. Because mm. over the phone, they often feel more comfortable too. Yeah, I agree. Um, at the end of the day, like you know, the whole male versus female argument, people haven't gone through it. I mean, we're living proof. And to be honest, most of the sales sniper guys, I think I think most of the the the, the um the guy the salespeople you've been around, vast majority of us are males selling to females. Like I've sold females all my life for the most part, right? Probably very I, I, like, few males. I, I hate selling men. I'm terrible. Yeah. I, I love oh, yeah. selling females. In fitness, I hate it. Fitness, I hate it. Um, I sell males for cyber, which is a bit different story, right? Because career stuff, you know, and the breadwinner and that kind of that whole male vibe, it's whatever. Um, but that's just, again, it, it's just a limiting belief that people put on themselves as closers. And if you can't get through those limiting beliefs, it doesn't matter how good I am as a coach with my script and stuff like that. Like I won't be able to help you. Like you, you have to get rid of all those limiting beliefs. Like you can sell anybody. What doesn't matter who they are. Right. Um, there are people who are closable. There are people who aren't. That's fine. But yeah, the whole idea of money, uh, limiting belief of, well, I don't understand the situation or I'm a male, they're a female or cultural, right? There's lots of cultural differences. Um, people buy differently, but um, you know, you, you have to just be in a belief that you can, you can sell anybody, anything. So yeah, the whole men, women, SMP, it's all women. Like it's what I've been doing. <laughs> yeah. I've got a question for you, man. I'd love your opinion. Do you sure. believe that you can be a naturally talented salesperson? Oh, this is a good one. I actually have been asked this one before. And it, it's always that thing where I feel like the best way I can answer is I feel like everyone has slight traits, right? When they were born, entrepreneurial traits, sales traits, whatever. Um, however, I believe that it is more the idea of refining the skill set. I believe there are people that have qualities that may be 
like high qualities in sales that may be uh, better than somebody else. But I could take, I believe that I could take anybody as long as they are willing. If they are willing, I could teach anybody to sell high ticket fitness. Anybody. They have to be willing to learn and they have to be willing to listen to the feedback and implement. Outside of that, I don't care what their background is. I can teach them to sell. So I don't think, I don't think, uh, there, I think there are people who have natural qualities that lead to sales, but, but I, I would like to think that the majority vast majority of people that I know in sales actually never came from a sales background, right? They're just, just everyday people. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. And it's one of my, another, another belief, like, are you a natural salesperson? Are you naturally charismatic? And I just, I, life isn't fair. We all have advantages. Yeah. We all have advantages, disadvantages. Maybe you cannot, maybe you can't be the LeBron James of sales, but you can yes. make the NBA. You can make the NBA. You can be still Absolutely. very, 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 very good. As you mentioned, if you learn yeah. the skills, listen to the feedback. Mate, one last thing before we go, like for me, nothing helps me more than listening to other people's calls. Not even my own calls. Mm. I find listening to other successful closers' calls to be the most beneficial mm. thing because I just pick and choose what I like out of those phone calls. For you personally, like how do you improve sales? What is your what is your go-to? Yeah, sure. So uh, I think, look, to me right now, my thing is I, I typically spend 15 minutes, you know, 15 to 25 minutes every day just going through our, our sort of sniper and seventh level portal. So I have access to those. That's fine. If you don't, the point is 15 to 20 minutes of actual training. And the way I look at it is like an athlete. Sales calls are like the game on the weekend, right? You go, you play your game. Now, if you're not training throughout the week, then you're in trouble. So to me, it's actual training. That can be uh, listening to calls. I love listening to to my own calls, right? And I'd spent lots of time doing that. But the idea is that you set aside 15 to 20 minutes every day where you're actually training on sales, not just doing live sales calls. So that's what I do. It's super basic obviously on top of all of our other sort of sales trainings and stuff that we have. Um, but I think for most people, they just need to actually actively train, right? Just like they do in the gym, lifting weights. You've got to train every day to build the muscle, get stronger. Sales is exactly the same. You just got to commit a training time every single day. And man, you in three months, you'll probably be amazed at what you can achieve. Couldn't agree more. If you can remove some of those beliefs and then implement a training system like you do with your clients, you can you can make the MBA, you can be an elite salesperson yeah. very, very quickly. Absolutely. Mate, last question before I let you go. What is next, oh, yeah. Jason Motley, over the next three to five years? It's the last question I end on with everyone. What, yeah, is, your, sure. what is your plan? What is your vision? Yeah, man. So like right now, obviously, uh, you know, we've got the gym um, that we're looking at, obviously getting that to a point where, so it's me and my partner, uh, where that that essentially is just an entity that's you know, running itself. So finding the right people to take over is really important for us. Really, really important for us. Um, and so that would be there. Uh, my, my, my sort of next three to five year plan then with my partner is to be able to have the full flexibility to travel and work. Uh, so Sales Sniper provides that for me. Um, obviously, my association with Fit Tribe that helps as well, um, and uh, you know we want to be able to probably spend the next. We've kind of got like a two-year plan uh, where we can travel, we can move different places. Um, I do full-time sales on the phone, um, and my partner runs the online side of things, and so that's what we're kind of working on the systems right now. And then um, 
whether we come back, we're still not sure. A lot of people have asked, will we start to franchise, branch out? Right now, I just don't know. Um, it's something I'd love to do. I would, I would really love to have um, our our locations all over the place because, again, I believe they're one of a kind, being over forties only. Um, so we'll just see. I uh, we don't know. Sometimes I'm, or my problem is I'm, or not my problem. It's not really a problem, but I'm always looking for something new. Always looking for something new, new challenge, new direction, um, more consulting roles. I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to do more like what I'm doing at Fit Tribe, where I go into the business, um, help them grow their business, and, and you know take some sort of like equity share or something in their business, and really help them grow. Because I just think a lot of people can do that with the right support team. Um, they may just not have a ton of money to throw at it. So I'd love to do that. It's really cool, man. So the true digital nomad for a couple of years, making bank, and then franchising Ultimate Fitness. Yeah, man, that's the plan. I think that's where we're going. Cool, man. I really, really appreciate your time. I hope our audience got something from this takeaway. I think the biggest thing for me that I learned, mate, was just once again, it's just almost reaffirming, remove some of those beliefs. You can learn any yep. skill. You are not born with it. 100%, man. Yeah, you got to believe in yourself. Cool. Th thanks for coming, Jace. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it.